Hi everyone, this is Jean-Marc. I am the creator of DataMesh, uh, the founder of Next Data. We are reimagining what data sharing could look like. We are growing our team rapidly and we need you. If you're a distributed systems engineer, if you're a product manager or designer of a large-scale PaaS SaaS infrastructure, please check out our page at nextdata.com and look at our open roles. We'd love to hear from you. A written transcript of this episode is provided by Starburst. For more information, you can see the show notes. Welcome to Data Mesh Radio with your host, Scott Hurlman, sponsored by Starburst. This is Adrian Estala, VP and Field CDO at Starburst and host of Data Mesh TV. Starburst is the leading contributor to Trino, the open source project, and the Data Mesh for Dummies book that I co-wrote with Colleen Tarto and Andy Mont. To claim your free book, head over to starburst.io. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left DataStacks, you know, thanks for all their help in ha- founding things, but I've left to start Data Mesh Understanding, which is also helping practitioners to get to the information needed to do Data Mesh well. We have free implementer introductions and roundtable programs, in addition to the more advanced yet affordable offerings. So please do get in touch if you're looking for more information on how to do, how to approach Data Mesh. Just check datameshunderstanding.com for more info. There's also a helpful organization of past Data Mesh radio episodes there if you want to dig into specific topics rather than digging through 200 different episodes. So with that, let's hit the funky intro music and listen to what you'll hear about in this interview episode. Doing data work that matters. Perspective from a line of business head. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Irina Arsner, who's the head of group customer growth of retail banking at Raffaisen Bank International, or RBI. To be clear, though, she was only representing her own views on the episode. Personal note, I mostly use the phrase line of business or LOB instead of domain, in this, but they're mostly interchangeable when you kind of think about them. So what are some key takeaways or or thoughts from Irina's point of view? As number one, as a line of business head, data has value, but only in so far as they can use it. If it's not aligned to a use case or a business need, data work can be more of a distraction than a benefit. Number two, it can be very interesting for a line of business owner to know how much their data is worth to other parts of the organization. That could drive funding for additional data work inside their line of business, or even more funding than that because the line of business is core to driving business value in general at the organizational level if their data proves very valuable to other domains. Number three, 
quote unquote, you cannot be successful in your data strategy if there are no business leaders that understand the value of the data and are very much determined to uncover this value. You know, personal note, I couldn't put it better. Number four, a good way to get your business leaders more data fluent is to very closely pair with them. Sitting side by side on a project will up their fluency far better than any training course ever could. Number five, quote, how do we get these data insights that we actually need to fuel the business strategy? So it's it's crucial to understand the line of business strategy and focus data work around that. Start from the business needs and work to the data, not the other way around. You know, personal note on that is kind of preach. So number six, for many senior business execs, they've operated on gut and limited data for literally decades. You need to partner with them to show them why data makes their decisioning better or quicker instead of the data will now make the calls. Data is a tool for them to be better, not kind of their AI robot replacement, right? (laughs) Number seven, you can't force a senior exec into leaning in on data. Start from their actual business goals and work backwards towards what could be better or what can't they do unless they have better data. Number eight, it's easy to say your data work should have business value, but actually get specific around driving to how your data work supports the business strategy you know, the corporate and the line of business strategy itself. Scott note here, if it doesn't have business value in some respect, why do it? Number nine, far too often, especially in advanced areas like AI, data people and teams want to do really cutting edge projects. But if those projects aren't attached to business priorities, or even if they are, but just kind of from the wrong angle, if they're looking at the business challenge in a way that doesn't align to the way the business leaders look at that challenge, that data work is likely to be late wasted effort. Number 10, potentially controversial, please, please, please stop building platforms for the sake of platforms. Line of business leaders don't care what cool tech you use. They care about capabilities that drive business value. Number 11, potentially controversial, if your line of business execs aren't willing to share their strategies and use cases necessary to develop planned data work, you might have to resort to bringing them things, you know, things to them you believe are aligned to what they want and hope they bite. You know, Scott note, if you can skip these execs at first, they'll kind of have to come around if others are driving value through data and you don't have to kind of play the game of what do you actually want? Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Number 12, related but very different Talk to line of business leaders about if they are interested in those potential insights that aren't directly tied to current business strategy or challenges. Some, such as Arena, like to be opportunistic and have the cognitive load, you know, kind of capability or capacity for potentially interesting if tangential insights, right? The key is to ask. So again, on this one, it's like if you... If you're just bringing these insights to people, Aaron Wilkerson talked about this too. If you're just bringing insights, it can be a distraction, but some execs are ready for that. So ask. Number 13, potentially controversial one. I think this is controversial. You know, the time is past, Arena said, 
where business leaders can get away with not understanding tech or data. Business leaders need to understand the necessary data capabilities to drive to their use cases. They can't just wait for insights to be dropped in their laps. Number 14, data people need to help business leaders understand the value of a platform approach. Just because something can be addressed, you know, kind of tomorrow doesn't mean that it's the right call. What is sustainable and scalable? It's crucial to communicate that we're working towards that sustainable and scalable. Number 15, potentially controversial, it's okay to focus your data work on the pioneers, the data advanced domains lines of business. Yes, they might get even further ahead of the pack, but they will be easier to work with because they kind of know what they're doing. So Scott note here, this is actually a pretty big debate in data mesh, as this can lead to building a platform that's only for those advanced capability teams. So be careful around that, but I, I don't disagree. I think it's okay to work with those teams that are doing more interesting and cutting edge things if they're the ones who are going to lean in. Number 16, really closely partner between the business and data teams on use cases. If you kind of requirements dump and the data team does work divorced from the business context, it will rarely drive good value. Number 17, part of delivering a good product or service is giving your customer something relevant to them. Sounds obvious, but it's like really important to reiterate. In data, that seems to be missing from lots of work. What is actually relevant to someone's needs and wants relative to data? Finally, number 18, there is a tendency by many data people to defer to the data first. Instead, think about leveraging your subject matter experts more to define what data you need or what reasonable hypotheses to test. It's not as if the data knows and your subject matter experts are, uh, you know, kind of in the dark. Your subject matter experts are probably going to know where to look and what's going to be interesting if you find something in kind of X, Y, or Z space. Okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode. Very, very excited for today's episode. I've got Irina Arsner here, who is the head of retail customer growth at RBI or Raiffeisen Bank International. Hopefully I got that at least somewhat close. Um, she is only representing her own views, just to be clear. And we're going to be talking, I'm, I'm really, really excited about this because we've got somebody who is the line of business head on here, right? She's the head of retail customer growth, right? And so one of the things that that a lot of people have been really struggling with is getting this buy-in and actually talking to people like Arena of like, hey, I want you to just give me all your data instead of like, how do we partner together? You know, that that kind of how do we actually make this so that it's mutually beneficial to both parties? Because if it's not mutually beneficial, if it's not beneficial to to Arena, then you know, maybe out of one out of a hundred people out of the goodness of their heart are going to be like, yes, I'll give my data for the rest of the organization to use, but you've got to figure out how to do this incentive. So we're going to talk about like, how do we not lose sight of 
what matters when we're talking to to people about like data work doesn't have any value unless it's leveraged, right? And data work for the sake of data work, putting together the most interesting, complex, amazing platform that nobody uses was a waste of time and effort. And like, how do we have those conversations? How do we make sure like that we're partnering with our our business partners in a way that makes sense to them and that drives what we're trying to do as as data people, but that also again mutually beneficial that drives forward what they're what they're trying to do. So I, I could go on and on about how I, I love this conversation and this topic so much. But before we get to that, uh, Arena, if you don't mind giving people a bit of an introduction to yourself, and then we can jump into the conversation at hand. Of course, Scott. Uh, hi everyone. I'm Arena, and I also uh, do love the topic of data. Um, I'm in charge of retail customer growth and RBI, as uh, Scott has just mentioned. And that would mean um, I am the one who is very much interested in having uh, the customer base of Raiffeisen Lake International grow, grow so internationally. We're in 12 markets now. Um, and then the value of the customer within this uh, this customer base also to grow mutually and then mutually beneficially grow. So it is a lot about customer relationship management. Uh, it is a lot about uh, uh, sales and distribution. And it is a lot about using data for all of these things to happen. Prior to that, uh, I did a lot of uh, different interesting things in the area of credit risk management and retail banking. Different positions, different roles, uh, stretching from collection strategies, broad portfolio management. Uh, credit policies, underwriting, and risk scoring. So that's probably where my love to, to data came from. And then um, also prior to that, I actually uh, did some software and web development, but it's far away in the past. And yeah, I'm a born Ukrainian and since 10 years uh, living and working in, in Austria. Awesome. Well, and, and Slava Ukraina, or Ukraina. I, I don't know exactly how to say that. I'm Slava. But uh, so... Um, very much the, I think the, exactly what you said of like, there are so many areas where, um, the, where data can really help you provide leverage, right. That it can make things much better for you. But the, the point isn't the data. So how do we, when data people are coming and talking to you, like, where do you lean into the conversation? And you are more data forward than probably a lot of your colleagues even, Right that are lines business head and stuff like that. So you're, they're going to have an easier time with you an easier time working with you than they are with a lot of other people. But, um, like how, how would you recommend that people start to do that so that, that they don't like data people aren't losing sight of what matters here? Like what is actually driving the business rather than what's driving the data? Well, it does take two to tango in this case. And I have to say that you know, in my specific case, it's it's not only the data people who came to me; it's also me who came to the data people, um, because I do strongly believe that uh, you cannot possibly be successful in your data strategy if there are no business leaders that understand the value of the data and are very much determined to to uncover this value. Um, only with that one can succeed. I'll I'll give you an example, maybe from from my area. So when we started um, working on the strategy of 
customer relationship management and retail banking, one of the uh, cornerstones of the strategy is a deep customer understanding. So to build a good relationship, you actually have to understand with whom you want to build it because people and businesses are very different, right? Uh, and then uh, there is a bit more to it, but in a, in a very simplified manner, you need to come to a deep customer understanding and understanding means who the customer is and what the context of the customer is, and then react to this understanding with understanding customer needs and then addressing them with proper um, advisory and uh, proper consultancy on the products that we have. So to achieve that, uh, we do need data insights because our customers are largely moving to digital channels as compared to the uh, previous uh, model of relationship via via the bankers, so that's that's where the need came from, and that's where the conversation has started. How do we get this data insights that we actually need to fuel the business strategy, right? And this is where the conversation starts between data people and retail banking people in our case, um, and from there it unwraps to understanding like, what exactly the use cases are. How do we get there? What are the data models behind the data needs behind which data products do we need to build for which purposes? Um, and uh, that's also is the reason or uh, for a more successful exercise than your average thing exercise can be. I'm, I'm going to ask you a question that might be a little difficult here because I'm going to ask you to put yourself in the shoes of someone that isn't as data literate, isn't as data fluent as yourself, right? So you're leaning into the conversation because you understand that the, the data is such a, a driver and you've already thought of this is ways that data could help me if we were more informed on this. Do you have any advice for when people are going to people that aren't quite like, I want to talk about your story. I want to talk about how people can find the people like you, yourself, that the, you can become the early leverage points. You can become the early success stories, the early wins and things, but like, when people are thinking about going to a domain that that the leader isn't as data fluent, it's not because they're, you know, stupid or that they don't understand that data is worth it or whatever. They just maybe haven't leaned into it as much or it hasn't been part of their day to day. How how do you how would you recommend that they start that conversation? You know, because a lot of times people come with the data. And we just had Aaron Wilkinson on and, and he was talking about if you come with some insights and somebody doesn't know this isn't the thing that I care about, then that person has to do extra work to say, should I care about this thing that this person just brought me? And so, you know, you have to go into that. Like, do you have advice on, or maybe like when you're doing peer-to-peer -peer conversations with people that aren't as data fluent, like how do you, I mean, are you talking data, but like how would you recommend people come in to have those conversations, to, to get them at least bought in that this data thing is of value and that it's not going to be like the historical things where we've done these big, big projects that just never deliver because they're, you know, two years too late and, and 5X over budget kind of thing, you know, oh, they just kept scope creeping, scope creeping, scope creeping. Like, how do you have those conversations to get them to at least lean in, if not you know, 100% get the buy-in and, and fund it and everything in, in that first conversation. That happens a lot, actually, also in, in our organization and beyond. That's a very uh, a very classical problem to solve. And uh, yeah, there are lots of business leaders that are very experienced, that are very good, that uh, have also a good gut feel, they take good decisions. 
not always, but often, and uh, that they are sure, and it's largely the case, they know what they're doing, they're good or not, right? So I think the trick uh, in this situation is to come to them, to understand what is it that they're trying to build, to transform, to change, to achieve, uh, because there are always business goals uh, or customer goals that these business leaders have on their table today, right now, right? They have a number of problems to solve to come to these business goals. And I think it um, it is very helpful to find, if it's, it's, if it's a concrete greenfield, to find one first simple problem that can't be solved by using data. And ideally, there needs to be this... Uh, expert or a team lead or whoever else that actually believes, oh yes, I, I am really happy to hear that and I love the idea and let's do it. Let's try to solve this problem of find with the data in the team that the business leader is representing, right? So find the problem that they're trying to solve and find one ambassador on the business side that is extremely excited about your idea to solve this problem of data. And then take it from there and don't make it a three million project but rather some very, very low cost or not charge for it at all for starters. If it's really about buying, make a proof of concept and really work with a business person from the day one and until the day end when the launching is happening uh, to really understand the business side of it, the how it will be implemented, who will test it um, and make it a success case. And then from there, start picking more from both and maybe start building together with this leader, a business leader who will uh, inevitably start getting uh, a buy-in there. Um, start building the data strategy where else you can plug in which other problems you will solve and maybe have a comprehensive picture. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, what you said in there as well of the the small and the... I think one thing that a lot of people lose sight of is when you're talking to somebody that really has a lot of experience and really does trust their gut, they're taking in data they're processing that data in a way. So it's like, hey, we're not taking away the strategic decisions and we we want you to continue to make the tactical decisions because you're smarter than the data when it comes to tactics. But what if the data was aligning, you know, aligning with you on tactics where you could test out little things, you could test out, you know, I'm I 20% chance this thing works, but if it works, it really works. Like, let's test that at a small scale and not not make these big holes in the ground as if, if you know, we have to pivot. The cost of that pivot is very low and the cost of testing, should we go this way or should we pivot is much lower. And I think that like leaning into that conversation of like, how do we enable you to be very, very nimble and how do we make it so that you have better information flow because you're the processing engine, right? You know, we think of, of data-driven decisions. Sometimes people think that you're taking the decision out of my hands. So I, I kind of like the, the phrase data-informed decision. But it, the, whatever you say there, it's like, you are the expert here. The data isn't. And the data, you know, will tell you how much you can trust it. And historically, you've been like, this data doesn't have this quality or this quality. So like, Let's get really specific on what matters to you relative to quality. Let's get let's get specific on what's of value because I can throw a whole bunch of data at you and you have to spend, again, you have to spend a ton of time and effort sorting through that data to find what's, instead of you tell me what you care about. Yes. 
So I, that's the key word, what you care about. It has to be relevant. And I had some examples. I've seen those where there will be this young, you know, AI team somewhere in the organization, brilliant data scientists, and they get extremely excited to do something in a big corporation, right? And the worst thing that can do is coming to a mature senior business leader and say, hey, let's do, and then they come with an idea of a use case by themselves, out, like not within any context of the business problems that leader has, and says something like, hey, let's do a sentiment analysis on an APC thing. And then there is a complete disconnect between this very innovative and bright idea that the group of people has at the moment. And maybe it is relevant, and maybe the sentiment analysis makes sense, but it doesn't fit to the context of the business leader, right? So I think it's important to be a little humble and kind of find the really relevant problem to solve, even if it's not super sexy in terms of the methods that will be used or the data points that should be collected or whatever else, but it's relevant. That's important. So if, if I mean, you be, maybe it's even hard to ask you because again, you are very data fluent, but in the conversation, if somebody comes to you and says, we want to help you out and they start data solutioning in the first meeting, are you kind of pulling back from that? Cause you've seen that go awry versus like the first meeting should only be about what are my actual problems. And then the second meeting is like, let's start to talk about how, what data would actually be useful to support that. And then we start to work back into data model, but it's like, you know, I hear a lot of times that people, they see like literally will sometimes see people physically pull back <laughs> when you start to move into the data solutioning instead of the business problem. Like let's dig into what are you actually trying to do? And then we can talk about what would be the signals that would matter and then we can start to say, how would we measure those signals or how do we get to those signals? How do we think about that? But like, where, where, where do you find e either the point in the meeting or the point in the set of conversations where it starts to go awry? Like what, what are the warning signals that people could say, oh, I should like think back and make sure I don't do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the warning signals are indeed, uh, I am allergic to see platforms that are built for sake of platforms or fancy technologies that are brought in just to have a fancy technology or things like, hey, let's collect uh, and, and let's create a really cool data lake with like lots of data points and so then we'll figure out what to do with it. Uh, this for me, these are for me the triggers uh, that the people actually don't really know what they're talking about and did not see the 5,000 projects that failed in this way and uh, multi-million investments that were wasted in building the best-in-class data, data models that never seen the business coming out of it. Uh, same with the platforms. So that's, uh, that's really not the case. But if you come if somebody comes to me with a data solution link, I have to say in my specific case, I'll probably not run away because I, I like to be opportunistic and see maybe there is something into it. <laughs> so sometimes it happens that there is some idea not yet linked to the business, but uh, some business leaders also make think, okay, can I actually apply it? So this can also be a conversation. If your business leader is not very forthcoming and was not want to share the strategies, whatever, then the data team may also come and show how things were solved elsewhere, maybe other areas, maybe in other corners of the same corporation or maybe other corporations. And then a little bit inspire the business leader to start thinking in this direction, saying, aha, uh -huh, so I can also do 
I can also apply a similar solution in my area if, if you know, if there is no uh, progress on a different approach. Do you find that, that when people are talking to you, you know, I, I, I agree with you about the, you know, oh, but we're, we're using Apache Flink now and that, that changes everything. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Like, I, I don't care. I care about the capabilities. Yes. Do you think that, that even talking at the capabilities level is too deep in a lot of cases when you're talking to the business leader about like, what, what, what are you trying to be able to do with data versus what are you actually trying to do with your business? And then you maybe corner a, a subject matter expert. You don't go necessarily to the head of the business, but you go, hey, like we want to sit down with you and, and really drive to what this could actually look like and what capabilities we need to provide you and things like that. But like, how do you think about that aspect of, because, you know, the platforms are incredibly important in that what they're supposed to do is abstract away the technologies and give people capabilities to do their work, right? You think about what are the, the best tools that you use on a day-to-day -day basis. You don't really even think of them as tools. You think of them as what does it enable me to do, right? Like I, I use a editing program for some kind of text editing, right? Like right now I'm using a lot of OneNote just because I've got you know, a bunch of these interviews and things like that. And it just makes organizing that stuff easy. But I don't care if I'm doing my text editing in, you know, Google Doc or, you know, even in WordPad or in uh, OneNote or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I just need that capability. How do you think about that conversation? Because again, you're 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 super super data fluent, and so oh, I'm not. I'm far from there, but I can understand some basics. That's true. I think it's very important to talk capabilities also to the business leaders, and uh, actually, I also think it's very important to upskill the business leaders to be able to understand how to think in the sense of data capabilities, and also further than that to also understand the platforms part. Um, and frankly, I think the times of very strong business leaders that have no clue about technology or data are over. This is the past. Uh, this is not even the present, but most certainly not the future. And maybe there is also some role that the data teams can play to make uh, business leaders conscious about the skill gap, if there is one, in a nice way, of course. And then secondly, to close that skill gap uh, Regionally. So I, I do absolutely think it is important to discuss which capabilities business have when it comes to uh, data management, but also uh, go even one level down and then to explain how, how you will bring those capabilities with different platforms, what these platforms are, uh, why these exact platforms and not the others. Not that you have experts on the other side, but it's it's important to educate. Why I'm saying that, uh, I have seen solutions, data solutions that were built for also, this is another extreme, to solve a specific business problem, but a very in a very tactical manner. So if what it has resulted in is, is a mishmash of uh, or a cacophony of technologies, unsustainable data solutions, something which is then crashing every second day, uh, it did solve specific business problems, but it was not that was not having a proper capability layer. It did not uh, base itself in a good platform layer. So it was very kind of unsustainable. Um, and I think it's also sometimes 
important to bring this understanding to the business leaders that yes, I can solve it tomorrow, but it's not going to be sustainable. And maybe if you give me three more days, I can solve it in a more sustainable way. And then your next problem will be solving also much faster as we go. Okay, because I was, I was actually going to ask about that. Of like you were saying a little bit of maybe dig into the platforms, but it's more the the platform philosophy rather than here is what I'm building for you from a technical standpoint. But it's like we are building this as a product. We think of everything as in that product mindset because you know fast fast to market with something that's unsustainable unless it's a single data point insight that gives us that exact pivot point. If this is something that's being used to guide us, our compass crashing is probably not good when we're in the middle of the sea, right? I'd rather you, you, you spend three more days to make a reliable compass to, rather than something that may or may not work. And we have to find, you know, some kind of magnetite in the middle of the sea. That's not going to happen, right? So exactly what you're talking about of the, like, why are we doing this work? not necessarily the nitty gritty of this is how we're connecting it. This is how we're building it versus like what we're trying to accomplish is make it so that you don't have to care about what we're doing on a day-to-day basis because we're making it so you can accomplish what you want to accomplish, right? Like maybe is that the the kind of thing where you're going to lean in where somebody goes, okay, they get it. It's not that the, the data technologies is what matter. It's that making it so that they almost become invisible, but that I, I leverage them more and more and more simply because it fades into the background. It's not, you know, I am doing data work. It's I'm doing my work and the data becomes a bigger and bigger part of that. Is that kind of that leaning into that conversation of, okay, we're, we're talking the same language? Yes, absolutely. And honestly, I was also educated four years ago on what a data product is, for example, I didn't know. I I had my old school thinking of how data integration can work and how uh, how if you bring a new solution, how exactly uh, this problem is solved. And that it took me a little to understand why we're actually put all this effort to create proper structure with data products. But then it pays off, right? So indeed, uh, it is also important to 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 speak the same language with business leaders, and maybe your language is not the same from day one, but then slowly, slowly but surely, it becomes it becomes the same. Yeah, I think leaning into that conversation and not saying like you know, trust us, we're going to take care of the data stuff, but like I, I liked what you said of when you are like working to upskill somebody, it's not like I get a little bit frustrated when people say just talk in the language of the business because you know I'm. I'm pretty good at talking in the language of business. You know, I, I kind of came up in doing more business focusy things. You know, before I was doing this, I was um, running business operations for a startup. So like that stuff is, is kind of part of my, my fluent language, but it's that if you're trying to get data people to, to really, really understand every aspect of like customer growth and like, oh, and this is, you know, this and this, like the super, super specifics versus the capabilities of what are you actually trying to do and what would help you to get there? And let's talk in that capabilities language where, yes, it's the data people, you're going 70, 80% of the way, but the business person isn't just going, I'm going 0% of the way, you have to come to me. Because if they're not leaning in, then they're probably not going to be leaning in at any point. 
they're not going to be trying to get upskilled themselves. And so maybe yeah. look, un unfortunately, a lot of people think you have to, to succeed with every domain. It's like, they're going to see that everybody else is leaving them behind if everybody else is succeeding with data. And so, you know, at some point you just kind of have to go, we're going to work with somebody else because they're going to lean into this conversation. And I mean, is that a signal that you'd kind of look for if you were trying to put yourself in the shoes of a data person? Yes, I think one has to be a little bit um, patient at the beginning, but not for too long. So you may have three chances given to to each other, but then when they fail, then you may want to find a different counterpart. And it's a change management, right? It's a new habit for many business people to think they that to understand what's behind. Uh, so either either they will accept the change and change themselves so they will not be relevant. They should also understand this good enough. But in terms of the effort from, from the data crowd side, I think it's good to work, to work with actually front runners and pioneers at the beginning. It will save you time and energy and, and nerves. And then indeed the others, the, the non-believers will eventually come because they will see success uh, with their peers and that nature will also drive their curiosity and acceptance. That's uh, also the case. One additional aspect I wanted to mention, uh, it's not this just initial conversation, right? You understood, let's assume it's the ideal world. You found a business leader, you found the problem to solve, you know how to solve it with data, you are ready to go. Then the, the danger is that you go back to your data world and you kind of start doing the magic and your business leader is going about their business uh, in parallel and then you meet like whatever, once in a month on a status update meeting and then you go back. Um, I think this is also one very popular mistake, that one of the very, very popular mistakes that, that people make. I think it's important to sit literally together and gradually build up whichever use case there is on a table data person does the data job, business leader does uh, the business leader's job, and then they gradually build up a, a product together, which also contains the data product, right? Uh, and that's mutually beneficial because what I've seen, it gives a huge boost to um, to the data people to actually see the business value coming out of their data products. It gives you the reason to go, right? When you see it creates real difference to the business, to the customers, then you get a kick out of that. Then you want to warm it. Uh, and you also start understanding the business domain a bit better. Your business counterparts don't understand what actually you're talking about when you when you use all of your data uh, uh, recipients and producers uh, terminology. So it, it helps everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of what you're talking about there is, uh, I, I started to use the analogy of, you know, I mean, I'm from the US, so like the old West of, oh, we had to like actually ride out on horses and like meet and exchange information and then go back to your things and then come back like two months. No, we've got the ability to iterate together. You do have to have that conversation with, with data uh, producers, data consumers and be like, this isn't perfect. It's going to start out with, is this what you actually want? It's not going to be good at the start. It's going to be good enough or okay, and it's going to be directionally important. And I think people in the business side 
have looked at data as right or wrong. And so like upskilling them to the point of it's not right or wrong, it's how right is it? Is it how appropriate, how valuable is this to you? And we want to iterate towards more and more value, more and more correct, because it's going to be more and more of what supports what you're trying to do. So, you know, oh, the the data quality is bad. Well, what do you mean? Like what what aspect of it do you actually need to be far better? Oh, well, it's just that we don't get it where we trust it until three days after something has happened. And it's like, well, okay, well, why don't you trust it? And, you know, you dig into those things and it's like, oh, well, it's just not complete. And so we have to go and source data from all these other places and integrate it into it. It's like, oh, okay, let's focus on that and that your timeliness is that it's okay if it's happened, you know, a day ago, but it's the three days that makes it so that it's not really useful. Okay, like let's, that conversation is is difficult, but I think exactly what you're talking about, these people that have worked on their gut for so long, they've been taking in data, they've been taking in information. And so you can just go like, we want to lean into your gut because you're, understanding of the business is far better. The data doesn't take this away from you. It just gives you more and more signals for you then to put through your own processing engine, right? It's not as if all of a sudden the data makes the decisions. You're you're in the position you're in because you know how to do what you know how to do. And so we're just going to make it so that you're a little sharper, a little better at being able to have more information to make better decisions or to test things out in much smaller scale and go, I have an intuition that this could be big, but I don't want to make a big bet on it. But if it is big, if it does prove out, this is going to 5X my business or this this aspect of my business. But there's only a 20% chance that it works. So I'm not going to spend you know $2 million in six months focusing on this thing. Oh, you're telling me I can get there with a month of you know a couple of people's time to test it out and we get some early feedback and no, it's, it's not what we think it, it could be. Okay, great. We, we shut that down. We move on to something else or, oh, there's something here, but it's actually not what we thought it was. It's this thing that's, you know, 30 degrees to the, to the West of where we thought it was. And that's where we found this incredible market that we never would have found otherwise. And like those conversations I don't know how, like, how do you have those conversations? Like, I know how to, to kind of in concept have those, but as a data person, do you have recommendations of like what, when people are really having good conversations with you, what does that entail? Like, cause I'm, I'm trying to, to, a lot of data leaders are listening to this, right? And they, they want to figure out how to have better, deeper conversations with people like yourself, especially people who are willing to lean into the, the data conversation. So I guess I'm trying to to figure out, do you have any like specific advice? You've, you've given a lot of good advice to, to date, but like, how do you think about getting somebody to, to lean back in and talk the same language and, and kind of move them further and further towards let's partner, let's, let's do this together. Yeah. Um, give them a feeling it's about them, not you. <laughs> And that helps, right? Look at them as, as if it's, and it, it's not if, it's actually the case. Uh, this is your customer, right? And you need to offer some relevant service to your customer. This is how, how actually we think about our banking customers out there, right? This is the customer and I need to bring something relevant to them. And that's 
the principle we use when building services, conversations, products, etc. It probably is the same for the data people. You have a customer in front of you. You need to understand what is relevant to this customer and you need to speak the language and you need to find an opportunity for yourself to come in with your data product because then it fits, it fits the certain need, right? It's going back to the needs. Uh, and that helps a lot. And then link it to their success, right? Explain to them how success may look like in the end or think it through together with them. Okay, if we do together, if we super charge you with data insights so that you can take your decisions faster, smarter, whatever else, then it should bring us X, Y, Z uh, return. Then it's also something very tangible, and I would always uh, encourage to think in this way. Okay, how does this success look like that you cannot say yourself? That can also uh, be a joint conversation with a business leader. So find the relevant size, the opportunity, and then make it rather short to test. Right? Let's check it out, and maybe we don't go for the full size opportunity, but let's let's take the first bite and see if it works out as we have just imagined. Again, make it a little bit more about them, um, which is not so easy for some data people. These are very smart people, right, out there that are listening to us with an average IQ of uh, 160 plus. And uh, as a drawback, or as a flip side of that, not always very humble. So there is often uh, or frequent the situation where it's about, you know, data community um, and data success. And so the business leaders can also uh, get a bit less excited because of that. So again, make it about the business, make it about the final impact. Yeah, I really like that. Or light around data. Yeah, well, and I think what you're talking about there as well is the, hey, we're going to bring you a bunch of insights and make you smart versus we're going to lean into we're going to give you more insight into what's going on with your business so you can you can make better and better decisions instead of you know hey dum dum you've you've not been making great decisions we're now going to supercharge you we're the ones that are making this so that you're able to do your business versus like again you're the processing engine you're the one who knows how to work in this area we're going to make it so that that you're just that much more effective and I think that that that's kind of been ringing through of a lot of what you're saying of like, you know, inflate their ego a little bit, but there is a reason that they're there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. But in general, telling to the business leaders that they've been making stupid decisions is not a good idea if you want to secure by just 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 a little hint, even if that's the case, just write it differently. <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right, Scott. There, there's well, and there's a little thing there. Uh, and by the way, I'm, I'm like looking through our notes, and we had planned on a completely different conversation. So I, I would love to have you back like 18 times. But anyway, um, the <laughs> the the fear of finding out as well is something that you kind of that that we have to um, prevent people from from being afraid of. Of like, hey, we're not going to relitigate your past decisions, right? This isn't about going and saying you made a bad decision here and we're going to we're going to dig into those it's like how do we make it so that you you did the best you could with the information you had we want to we want to equip you with far better information going forward so that you can make even better decisions going forward not 
you made these bad decisions. It's how do we, and, and like, as that kind of thing, like, how do you lean into that conversation? Because we were planning on talking about like, as a business person, what actually matters to you about this stuff? If somebody comes to you and says, we want to look at all of your past decisions via data, that's probably not going to get you to lean in because you're like, okay, what are you looking for? Like, why are you doing this? Versus we want to make it so that you can make even better decisions going forward. Is that just like the framing difference where you'd go one's leaning in versus leaning back? Like you literally leaned back when I said that for a second, right? So, <laughs> well, I thought you were going to look into all the data and my decisions later. I screw up a few times. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 a good idea to uh, to find the place or to find the decision making process that you can supercharge with data and equip. A decision maker with data insights that will help. That's literally true. And I have a good example. So the, the few days ago, uh, my team came to me saying, "You know, we have this great idea. Let us find uh, good triggers to sell products X, Y, Z with customers. So we would like to understand to build lots of hypotheses that when an uh, event A happens in customers' financial life." then a product B is relevant at this very moment, right? Event-driven kind of uh, sales conversations. And they wanted to uh, hire a consultant for that, and they were coming to me for budget for a consultant. And then when we started unwrapping this case, I said, okay, who do you want to use this inside going forward? Yeah, the product is rather complex, so a banking branch employee should then use the insights to better sell the product because they will know exactly when address the customer, right? All right, good idea. Um, how are these decisions taken today? Yeah, well, this very same front people are taking this decision today based on their best intuition. So my, my, my idea was instead of hiring a, a highly paid consultant to sit in the meeting room and come up with hypotheses, said, why don't you go and take five best sellers for that specific product out there in the front office bring them to the meeting room, ask them to give all their intelligence of hypothesis at which moments of time people buy product APC, bring up 20 more on your own, maybe find some based on data, and explain from the day one to these very people that will be done in the future using your insight, what you're trying to do, include them in, in the brainstormings and shaping up the use case, then reiterate with them, and then when you actually come with your insights to the front uh, employees, they will be your best ambassadors. Then they will spread the word around, and then hopefully if you did things right, their sales will boost, so they'll understand why they should use that then in their sales process. And that's for me the way to go, right? So if you're that data person having this great idea, which by the way is a great idea, then, then make things right and include people who are actually to use your data product at the end. Uh, in this kind of conversation, so that you'll do things. Yeah, I, I think that's perfect. I think exactly what you're talking about of, hey, uh, you know, do we need to, to to find, quote unquote, the smartest person in the room that's the highly paid external consultant versus like leaning into the business people, leaning in and going, I I'm going to extract from you the information to then supercharge yourself because you're the one who is, again, who's doing the right things. We want to make it easier to make it so you can do even better, more right things, right? And that that it's it's that a little bit of flattery angle, but like there is a reason this person's in that in that role. So, um, 
I, you know, I know we've got a pending restart of a computer. Both of our, our computers <laughs> crashed this morning. So um, I did want to uh, kind of wrap up on one thing of, of like the general conversation of what actually matters to you when we think about data. And, you know, you, you I think, have a really um, interesting perspective because you're you know, at RBI, you're going to be the first or one of the first of the kind of data providers on the the data mesh. And that it's not that in, in some organizations, what we're seeing is that the data mesh team comes in and goes, we're going to supercharge your domain. And then that data is also going to be useful to other domains. And so we're focusing on the use case within your own domain first. And, you know, I, I think that might be the lowest friction way to do. But, you know, if people can find people like yourself that have very, very valuable information and that you're going to leverage it for your own purposes and that you're, you know, committed to producing it for others. Like when you think about the question of what actually matters to you as a data producer, like what comes to mind? Because, you know, I've got 60 different things that it could be, but like what, what actually when I ask you that question, what matters to you? What's what kind of top of mind? What 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 kind of is your reaction to that? Um, well, I do have to admit my whole team, myself included, we do get excited about the idea that uh, the data insights that we produce and boost for, for our own business operations can also be then reused by other uh, areas, other corners of, of, uh, of the bank for their use cases. And that's why are we excited? That's actually hard to say, but probably because of the fact that the value coming out of, uh, of, of the data that we have produced will be then multiplying as we go. And especially if we can then measure this uh, in multiplication impact, that will definitely um, give a big kick uh, to us because we will understand whatever we produce has value much beyond uh, our area. And to give you an example, again, it's a banking one, maybe not everybody understands it, but I will make it simple. So you can use data insights on this customer understanding for for deepening the relationship with a customer. You can also use it for anti-fraud. There is a lot of value on the side there. You can also use it for non-performing loans, collection processes, and so on. And when we have uncovered this potential, uh, my team immediately ran off to risk management to start this conversation, even even kind of uh, under the context of data mesh, but even beyond that, because uh, we just get a kick out of the idea, while wow, my insights can be reused somewhere else and actually some other areas will appreciate it to that. But I know that in the concept of data mesh, do we to think of some kind of a monetization principle? Uh, we're not that far yet. I, I know that in this uh, first, call it proof of concept, uh, use cases, and, and my area is one of that, we are considering some kind of virtual value attachment to uh, to the data and producers. But frankly, it's not even the most important uh, uh, the most important factor for us. We would just like to understand the value that our produced data creates to this business, right? Not even to ourselves as a function, but then to the organization and to this business as such. Yeah, and I think that's kind of come through in, in certain conversations. I think, again, you are a bit of a, a rare 
kind of bird within the uh, the the kind of general flock of that you're not the many aren't that excited simply about creating value for others. But I do think exactly what you're talking about. One thing that's come through from a couple of organizations that are doing well is that anytime there is significant value created, then the person who gets elevated to talk about that internally, to share that story is always the data producer, not the data consumer. Because the data consumer, like this is the value we generated from somebody else's data. And it's like, okay, so do I get any credit from being the producer? And maybe you get a small credit versus the producer are the ones that that are leading the, the conversation internally and going, this was the value that was created from our data. This is why we thought this would help. You know, we partnered with these other teams to create this, this incremental value. And so, you know, does it end up being exact monetary flow? Does it end up being exact act- economics? Eh. But... You know, it, it's that we're a team player, but we're also getting credit for being a team player. We're not simply just doing the right thing for doing the right thing's sake. We also get credit for that, which then drives buy-in. Yes, absolutely. And I will also tell you, um, it's also the case in our uh, in our organization within my team. Um, it's also a lot about the investment decisions. So you know that investment portfolio in any organization is limited, and typically you have a certain mechanism to prioritize where you actually invest. And it is good uh, if you have value coming from your data product beyond even your immediate business case, because you can attribute and also argue better for for the investment into your data product. Because hey, listen, it also creates benefit on some other side. You can even make it part of your cost benefit model. If you are able to attribute the value coming from from other use cases fueled by your uh, data product, right? And and I don't even think necessarily even just that on the data product level. You can say that on the domain level, right? Like that's hey, well, our domain generates this much value for so many other domains. We should get more funding. So, well, I I know we've got this pending restart. Like I said, I think we could probably talk for another two three hours, but. Um, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to, or any way you'd kind of like to to wrap up the episode? Um, I, I would like just one statement to stick with everybody who listens to this podcast. Um, please do not build uh, data strategies, platform strategies, whichever strategies which are not connected to the overall overarching business strategy of your organization. And then cascade it down, and then somewhere there you should attach the data strategy to actually the business strategy. It goes on the overall level, but it also goes on the singled out use case, domain level, data product level. Um, there is always should be a reason why uh, we invest into certain things, why we build certain things. So please make sure that link is very strong, um, and it also goes. Uh, without saying that the link between business and data teams should be very strong. And uh, I would also want to create this urge for the whole data community. Please work with your business leaders uh, and bring this understanding for data and make them literate over there. And not just by throwing trainings, but literally working side by side every day together uh, because it helps 10 times better than any training or program you can enroll them. 
So you're telling me that just that this is going to be really cool isn't a good enough business reason to do the work? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely so. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of people that would love to follow up with you. Um, you know, like uh, we had talked about putting together some folks that are talking about retail banking as well and data mesh, because I think that's a really good space to have a bunch of people talking together. So a lot of people would love to follow up with you. Where's kind of the best way, anything specific that you'd like people following up about? Sure. I'm, I'm very happy to chat uh, to the people, the people who are as excited about the topic as I am. You can find me on LinkedIn. Talk to me about uh, data and retail banking or customer relationship management um, or human channels in retail banking and, and many more topics. Uh, and a better way to have that conversation would be I'm also busy with the Mobile Forum. That's a nonprofit banking association, which is focused to innovation and uh, uh, innovation and banking. Uh, so you can you can reach out to me also on that uh, on that point. And there are many other bankers called Giver King talking to you there. Awesome. And, and we'll drop links to those in the show notes to make it easier for a few people to follow up. But well, again, Arena, thank you so much for, for the time here today. I uh, really enjoyed our conversation. And as well, thank you everyone out there for listening. Thank you, Scott. It was fun. I'd again like to thank my guest today, Arena Arzner, Head of Group Customer Growth, Retail Banking at Ruffison Bank International or RBI. You can find a link to her LinkedIn, and the Moby Forum that she had mentioned in the show notes as per usual. Thank you. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking into kind of data podcasts to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. In April of 2023, I left Data Stacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started. So give them a shout for streaming and real time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information as a service firm. Our offerings are affordable and you can do them on a one off or a month to month basis. You know, read kind of Throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one-on-one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest. You know, what, what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music.